Welcome to Brand Chats. I'm Darby, a brand strategist and content marketer, passionate about turning great businesses into irresistible brands. Each week, we chat about a different element of what makes a standout brand, speaking with industry experts and small business owners who have built a brand that they love and one that their audience loves too. Let's get into today's chat. Today, we're talking about all things LinkedIn with the wonderful Karen Hollenbach, who is an independent LinkedIn specialist, consultant, educator, writer, and speaker. She's one of Australia's leading independent LinkedIn specialist trainers and the founding director of Think Bespoke. With over 13 years of LinkedIn training strategy and LinkedIn profile writing experience in Australia, Karen has helped thousands of professionals and hundreds of organizations to really level up with LinkedIn. Now, I know a lot of you love Instagram, but feel a little bit intimidated by LinkedIn, which is why I wanted to talk about it today. To be fair, it's not something that everyone needs to be doing. As always, it's going to depend on your unique brand and where your audience is hanging out as well. So Karen and I dive into it all today, and I really love how Karen explains it in an approachable way. She makes it sound really comfortable and highlights the fact that you can just take baby steps and do what feels right for your brand rather than it being a really scary and intimidating place. And as she says, Instagram is lots of fun. It's playful. LinkedIn isn't so much that way. So it can feel like a big leap for some people, but Karen explains it in a really lovely way, which has left me feeling really inspired to take a little bit of action on LinkedIn and we'll see what happens. And I know you will be inspired too. So let's get into it. All right. So welcome to Brand Chats, Karen. Thank you for having me. I would love to start by chatting about how you first discovered the world of LinkedIn. Well, it was accidental. I was on an executive outplacement. I'd worked with an organisation for 11 years. I think I had two children under two and a half. And so as part of the executive outplacement, we were introduced to this platform called LinkedIn in the context of job hunting. And so at the time, I hadn't decided how I was going to navigate motherhood. And I've since realised, if anyone's wondering, you can't have it all. You have to, if you want to show up meaningfully with your children, you might want to scale work back. No judgment here if you've decided not to. So LinkedIn was really introduced to me then as a job search tool. And as I navigated it, my, how I wanted to show up at work and really thought about what that looked like for me. But LinkedIn became a place where I stayed meaningfully connected with the beautiful people who I'd worked with in my previous role. And it was how I networked because I had these young children and I couldn't get out much. And I didn't really want to get out much because I was exhausted. So it was my way of really staying informed about what was going on in and across industries that I'd worked in and was thinking about making a career change into. Mm -hmm. And so I used LinkedIn to really stay informed, educate myself about what was going on in the industry I moved into, which was education and training, and then built my personal brand on LinkedIn. So I note you're a content marketer. So I really used all the principles of content marketing to take people on the journey with me. Mm. And over time, people I'd worked with previously, so I'd sort of describe myself as a corporate escapee, came with me. And would. Re- and what I mean by that is that they'd be real advocates of what I was doing and refer me. Um, And I started off training Mm -hmm. and then I moved into, once I'd re-educated as a teacher, I moved into adult training and then I got brave enough to 
design and run my own training. And that happened over a 10-year period. That didn't, what, what's the saying that I hear people say? It took me 10 years to become an overnight success. Yeah. <laughs> a yeah. lot of hard work. The most exhausting and exhilarating thing you'll ever do, run a business. So it was really um, curious nature. I thought, oh, this is an interesting platform. Mm. And I just took it with me on my journey and kept, you know, stayed engaged with people. And I think that's, I'm really interested in talking about this today, Darby, because I think there's a real missing piece for people in their understanding of what LinkedIn is and mm. what LinkedIn is not. Yes. And I think a lot of people in my circles love Instagram and that's their one baby and they'll go on it. Like I'm a little bit guilty of it too. But there's so much power in LinkedIn and a lot of my clients, they're on LinkedIn because their target audience is there. And I just see great results on LinkedIn because there is a lot of reach that happens on LinkedIn compared to other channels. So that's why all of these things I'm excited to chat to you about today. And I am guilty. I don't use LinkedIn as much as I should. So this will inspire my audience and also me, hopefully. <laughs> so I have a name for that guilt. Yeah. What is it? <laughs> it's called LinkedInitis. Oh. So I I know I need to spend time on LinkedIn, but I I'm I hear this often. I'm guilty of not, and I I feel like LinkedIn's the salad. You now you go out for lunch on maybe a Monday or a Tuesday, and you you're more likely to choose the green bowl or the harvest bowl or the Buddha bowl, right? Yeah. And I feel like that's LinkedIn. By the time you get to Thursday, Friday, and you go out for lunch, mm-hmm. you you're more likely to order the fish and chips. Yeah. Uh, which I feel is Instagram. I'm not saying Instagram is not good for you, but I do think LinkedIn is good for your business, depending on what your business is. Mm. And it's just not as fun as Instagram. That's the reality that LinkedIn's not as fun. It's clunky. It's getting much better. But I think that guilt is because the user experience maybe isn't as lovely as the Instagram user experience. Yeah. And maybe because, you know, when it first started, it was a lot more corporate and there was probably people thinking they had to show up in certain ways but now it feels like people are being a bit more authentic and real with what they're posting oh yeah but let's talk about let's talk about that (laughs) do we really want them there on LinkedIn is vulnerability really I do wholeheartedly believe in the power of vulnerability yeah is LinkedIn the place to be crying yeah yeah (laughs) I don't think so but I see it I see it And it's viral, a goal on LinkedIn. Yeah, well, I don't know. See, I'm not there enough to really see what's working, but I see a lot of things that I wouldn't have seen a couple of years ago on LinkedIn, Mm. what people are posting. And that's, people seem to be curious about those things. But again, Mm. I'm like, in my eyes, it's still a little bit more professional than what you would expect on Instagram. But Definitely. I always think, okay, I've got to put my business shirt on and my jacket when I go on LinkedIn. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So why do you think it is a great place for business owners to be showing up? Well, I think it's conditional. So I think it's a great place for some business owners to Mm -hmm. be showing up. And I think if uh, it's quite well documented that LinkedIn is a place for B2B marketers. So if you're serving other businesses, Mm. I think also if you're professional services, you're a consultant, you're an executive, and you're working with I don't want to say the big end of town, larger organisations that have a more conservative nature and perhaps expect you to be on LinkedIn, Mm. that is where you should play. And I think also if you're a lover of the written word, the long form 
format of writing is still very well received Mm. on LinkedIn. So you've got publishing features such as the newsletter and the article and even the extension of the text. So on Twitter or X, whatever you want to call it, (laughs) you've got that limited capability and that's slowly going down the sinkhole. Yeah. On LinkedIn, there's this real recognition of content creators and writers. And yes, while imagery does well, it really does celebrate the writer. And I think for certain people and certain businesses and certain practices, that's good news because you can repurpose if you've got a really strong blog following, uh, sorry, email marketing following, if you write blogs regularly, if you're already doing that work, it is a very simple way to repurpose and engage an audience. And also there's a great community there. So if you're either a startup or you're rethinking your brand, you're like, okay, what version of me, you know, you're doing that Mm. brand refresh, maybe three to five years into your business and you put your big girl pants on and maybe that jacket that I talked about and you're stepping onto LinkedIn thinking, I think there's a bigger, better, deeper, richer conversation going on over here. Yeah. Then you're right. And, and so even if you're not ready to step onto LinkedIn, I think it's a really good research tool to say, what am I aiming for? What are other people doing? What are change makers doing? Mm. And I used to say it was a really nice haven for people with more introverted and ambivert tendencies. Yeah. And I do identify as someone with ambivert tendencies, often mistaken to be an extrovert, but I'm not. I think it's a safer place for that community. There's not this feeling of I've got to take photos of myself and I've got to, I've got to post and show up here regularly. So I think yeah. for the business owner that that resonates. So first of all, oh, yes, I'm professional services or B2B or that makes sense. So are your ideal clients there? Yes. Are your referrers there? Yes. Tick. Good. Go and have a look. Mm. And then don't step on thinking, I've got to post. Curate your news feed. Write your profile in a way that represents the story that makes sense to the people that you're trying to get into conversations with or influence if people look you up because they will look you up (laughs) on LinkedIn. Is your profile telling the story and and helping people decide if you are for them, it's like you're 24 hours a day, seven days a week ambassador. It works for you while you're asleep. Mm, totally. And none of that involves posting content yet. <laughs> <laughs> That's good news, right? Yeah, even the search capability, as you say. And mm. I love what you're saying about target audience because I think that's the most important thing is if you're audience is on LinkedIn, then you should probably be there. Yeah. <laughs> and a lot of people are on LinkedIn. Um, you know, most people have a profile, might check it once a week. So even if you have a small audience on there, it, it can be worth showing up even in a small way. Agreed. Mm, yeah. So let's talk about personal branding because I guess that's what LinkedIn's all about. <laughs> so what's what's your opinion on personal branding and how LinkedIn plays a role in all of that. What do you think, you know, if someone is like you said before, is, you know, has been in business a couple of years and now they're ready to take it up a notch, they're exploring LinkedIn. What do you think is the most important thing that they need to think about before they start pushing their personal brand out onto LinkedIn? Well, the first thing is I don't want you to push, I don't want you to push anything onto me. I know you're only being having fun with that language. Yeah. I think the first thing is to really look at your owned assets. So your website, your photography, 
your email marketing, your whatever the thing is that you're building community completely outside of LinkedIn and make sure that they are rock solid and doing all the things that as a business owner, you know, they need to do. And you had the lovely Remy on another episode that talked Mm -hmm. about SEO. Uh, So all the things that you know you need to do and use that focus and those assets to then optimize your LinkedIn profile. So the starting point is to really say, well, when I'm on LinkedIn from a personal branding perspective, what do I want to be known for? So who do I want to be, what do I want to be the go-to for when I'm not in the room and people say, oh, I need help with LinkedIn. Who do they think of? Mm. And so answer that question, you know, have that conversation with yourself, write it in a journal, whatever your process is. And then who am I trying to get to influence or who am I trying to get into conversations with? And what topics back to what do I want to be known for? What topics do I want to engage with? And so look at your profile and make sure it's representing those things about you and you have the option to activate creator mode which lets you nominate hashtags that demonstrate to people what you talk about you can look at the skills in your linkedin profile and make sure they line up to the things that you're talking about you can do a search on collaborative articles which are ai generated articles by linkedin and if you can contribute there by commenting on the articles that are generated you will be invited into those conversations and potentially get a community badge that's Mm. hard work but you can do it yeah and a really good example of that is Sheree from the digital picnic who has a very distinct personal brand on LinkedIn I've loved watching her journey Mm. she contributes so meaningfully as a human as a leader of a business and identifies as an autistic uh, CEO which I think is really a strong part of her brand and how she's shows up in the world you can really contribute quite meaningfully but I'm not trying to put pressure on people if people go and look at Sheree they'll be like hang on she's an incredible writer and the way she engages people is next level I'm saying look at your profile Mm. and think about what do you want to be known for and who you're trying to influence and then that should also influence what you do on LinkedIn in terms of curating your LinkedIn newsfeed and what you like and comment on and the conversations that you contribute to. Mm. So we're still at this stage. I mean, let's remove the Sheree example because she does post, but we're still at this stage not posting yet. We're still saying, does my profile represent a version of me that makes sense from a personal branding point of view? When people come to my profile, is it clear what I do, how I help the 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 issues I advocate for but the con- could be the issues you advocate for but the conversations I'm contributing to mm. so for me that's digital minimalism it's my ambivert tendencies and I know strategically from a personal branding point of view I do my best work with clients who say to me they often say this to me in the first conversation I'm not really a social media person Mm. So that's great news because I don't consider LinkedIn to be social media. And guess what? You don't have to necessarily be posting a lot of content in the early stages, Mm. which are people like, oh, really? I'm so relieved. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Don't thank me. It's how the algorithm works. It's just a thing that's misunderstood about LinkedIn. Yeah. So I guess, you know, with you sharing more about your personal personal brand and your personality you're attracting people who really get it and who are really excited to work with someone who understands their struggles and their personality style as well 
Yeah, but it's been a long haul. It's taken me a while to be comfortable sharing in that way. And I've made a shift recently. I've just decided in my email marketing, and this is this is my journey as an entrepreneur. I will reveal more of myself in my email marketing mm-hmm. because you've signed up to think bespoke e insights and my yes, you want to know about LinkedIn and career management and LinkedIn marketing, but you're also signed up to read me. And I, I feel like even I get that LinkedIn itis occasionally uh, when I come onto LinkedIn and I think, oh, I just I just need to talk about LinkedIn because that's what people want to hear from me. That's their expectation of me. And I'm having that conversation with myself at the moment. And the my uh, newsletter where I have over, I think I've got nearly 4,000 subscribers on LinkedIn. So this is separate from an email marketing newsletter. My next one is really going to move my audience into more of these conversations about mm-hmm. my ambivert tendencies. And I've talked about the fact that I help quieter and more thoughtful folk for quite some time. And that resonates with people. They really mm. understand, oh, that's me, Karen. Yes, that's yeah. me. And so that's in my headline and it's in different parts of my profile. And I talk quite openly to people in the about section. I write quite openly. LinkedIn's not that hard. If you know what you're doing, come yeah. with me. I'll hold yeah. your hand. <laughs> and I think it's about having, you know, your strategy in place that aligns with everything else you do. Like you were saying, your website, but having your strategy for, you know, what you want to be known for, what your brand mm. represents and how you want to show up. And then it's about how you can infuse that across LinkedIn and your other channels as well. But I think having it aligned with everything else that you're doing is really important as well. Like you were saying with email marketing, it should all flow and everyone feels like they're in the same brand experience. Mm, I love that infuse. That's a good word. So what if someone, you know, I know you said that just updating your profile is, could be a good start, but what about someone who's ready to start posting, but they're feeling a bit anxious about it? What would, do you have any tips for someone like that? I do. So this is my specialty and I hear people use words like, I know I need to put myself out there on LinkedIn. And so I think the first thing I want to say is be kind to yourself. (laughs) (laughs) Take some deep breaths. Don't just do it at, you know, 10 o'clock at night or after a glass of wine. (laughs) Really think about what you're trying to do and start by curating your LinkedIn newsfeed. So do some research and think about, okay, this is what I think I want to talk about. This is what I th- how I think I want to turn up. I think I want to write or I think I want to do a long-form post. Actually, I'm going to do a video and take the time to research what other people are doing. Now, you could click into LinkedIn um, in your profile viewing options. You can change to private mode and be completely anonymous and I'll share some links with you, a few show mm-hmm. notes that people can work out. What's that? What, what is private mode? How do I do that? <laughs> Is it for is it just a paid membership? No, it's for all memberships, paid, basic, free, and um, paid. And just have a look at what other people are doing, and say to yourself, "Well, what's my version of that?" So I'm not suggesting for a minute you copy. Mm. I do want you to have a degree of comfort. So I I do subscribe to the theory where there is discomfort, there is growth. However. I want you to have a sense of, okay, what is my version of that? How am I deciding I'm going to show up on LinkedIn? And begin. So you might begin by posting one thing each week. It might be a repost of an article that you've read that you feel is really interesting. You might just be liking or reacting. There's lots of different reactions or commenting 
on people within your newsfeed that or pages that you're following that you think are really interesting. So the mm-hmm. curation of your newsfeed step is a really important step because it improves your user experience. Mm-hmm. So if you're following people, be connected to them, ring their bell at the top right-hand side of their intro card of their profile and you can, you'll be notified when they uh, post something. And the same with company pages that you follow. Mm-hmm. And so just start reposting with a commentary, like, comment. And I think it, there's sort of this validation cycle <laughs> that you'll start to get comfortable. You know, you're building the muscle, you're riding the bike. Mm. And then there will be an article that you see or there will be something that you care about. There'll be a client conversation that you have and you'll just have this moment of, I, this is the thing I need to share on LinkedIn and I know exactly how I'm going to share it. And so we can talk about sophisticated content marketing plans and we can talk about schedules and you know the golden ratio and the content mix and promotional and curated and owned I think that scares people who aren't trained content marketers Mm. I think it's better to say decide your goals what do I want to be known for who am I trying to influence make sure your LinkedIn profile represents the version of you that makes sense so not all of you necessarily but the the parts of you that make sense on LinkedIn Mm. for your goals and spend time there. So putting yourself out there doesn't have to mean posting. And so in the early days, I, so it does eventually, and it can lead to publishing and LinkedIn Lives and, and all these amazing features that also you can get through creator mode, which is a free feature. Mm-hmm. But I want people to think about this idea of being a strategic content curator versus a prolific content creator mm-hmm. which is what I see over on Instagram that prolific yeah. content creation that just for me it's just hit overwhelm I have set some operating procedures up as part of being a digital minimalist where I only jump into Instagram once a week mm. once a week what <laughs> and guess what I read five books in June <laughs> Yeah, that's the thing. It can be addictive when you have all of the things. I don't know if you've got TikTok as well, but that one's even even more addictive. I will <laughs> not ever have TikTok. And not it not it can be addictive, Darby. It is addictive. It's, it's designed these, to be. It's designed to be addictive. It's that dopamine, that hit. Yeah. And yeah. we are only human. We are not designed to take in so many messages each day. I know. It is it is scary, isn't it? Even when you look at your phone and you see what what it does to your to your mind and how many hours you can spend on it but I think you know my experience with LinkedIn I think it's more I don't feel like addicted like it has that addictive essence to it it's more you know sit down have a coffee you've got 20 minutes before my next meeting I may as well just have a scroll and that's why I like when you were saying that longer form content works really well there because people are taking the time they're not just you know on TikTok or link or Instagram they just flick 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 but on LinkedIn, people are a bit more mindful. Like they go on there to have a bit of a read and a bit of a scroll. It's not too erratic. I agree. And I've never mm. really, I love the way you describe that because I, one of the things I really like about LinkedIn is that I don't get sucked into that vortex. Yeah. Yeah. And that you can have that intentional and that sitting down. I love that sort of vision of you and your coffee in your 20 minutes. I have a, a colleague and friend who has her, she calls it her fast 15 because she accepts that she has LinkedIn itis. She knows she needs to be there. She's an executive leadership coach. She needs to be on LinkedIn. Mm. She has the pre-scheduled posting plan, uh, but the turning up, she schedules 15 minutes in her diary and she just yeah. gets on there and she knows we've worked out rituals that make sense for her when she's there. 
And that's where I love it because as busy business owners, you're going to get a lot more value in your business from having meaningful conversations with clients, Mm -hmm. doing great work, upskilling and learning about ways that you can bring AI into the way that you do, you know, you intern. I love in the, in the, um, the Remy talks about this idea of AI being your, your intern, you know, chat GPT yeah. being your intern. So working out how to leverage tech mm. so that you're showing up meaningfully in your business, not thinking about what you're going to post on social media. <laughs> yeah, because that, that's the stress for a lot of people. And I love what you're saying where you can just do baby steps, just liking, yeah. sharing, just taking it slow and really finding your own rhythm because I think that's where people get stuck. They're like, oh, no, I have to post. And then they get all overwhelmed with exactly and they do nothing yeah yeah and and so I think uh some form of action is Mm -hmm. better than just getting caught in your head and thinking you know perfection thinking oh it needs to be exactly like this perfectionism is does not serve us well Mm. yeah and I guess that's the beauty of LinkedIn like even a share or a like can get a lot of eyes on it whereas on other platforms you don't get that so that's why I think it is powerful in the way it can reach and and influence people without having to put, you know, hours of videos and dancing and all the other things that are available out there. (laughs) Hence why I will never be on TikTok. There's other reasons I won't be on TikTok. Uh, Certainly that is one of them. And I think also there's, um, I don't like the word lurking, but I'm going to use it. There's people observing you on LinkedIn. So I I sometimes get people say, I posted something, I didn't get any engagement. It's like, okay, so let's talk about that reputation is built over time yes (laughs) consistency is the cornerstone of content marketing this is the long game it is not a shop front Mm. yes and that comes back to what you were saying with the exercise analogy like you got to build your muscles and the long-term game it's not yeah an overnight success and then all of a sudden you can run a marathon (laughs) I want to do that um, Pantene ad. I don't know if that's pre-you where there's a New Zealand supermodel that talks about Pantene. Do you remember the ad? No, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> Can I look that up after this? <laughs> and, she, and I hope I'm not offending anyone with my um, New Zealand accent. I do have Kiwi heritage. So she says, it won't happen overnight, but it will happen. <laughs> I'm going to find that ad for you on the YouTube YouTube channel and you can put that in the show notes. There will be some people right now laughing out loud remembering that ad. I will have a look after this and I will pop it in the show notes. (laughs) This beautiful New Zealand, I think she was a model from years ago. I can't remember her name off the top of my head. It was a Pantene ad. I thought it was appropriate because you've got me thinking about brands. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Well, that is a question I ask all of my guests. So have you been thinking about your favourite brands, any classic favourites or up-and-coming brands that you're loving? Yeah, I'm going to be a bit contentious Mm -hmm. uh, and say that I am a trained marketer. I did a Bachelor of Business Marketing. And post my training, I went through a real anti-brand season, an anti-marketing season. And I think that's with my big reader. Mm -hmm. And I read uh, Naomi Klein's book, it came out in 1999, no logo. Okay. And I was also, I also liked Michael Moore for a while there. So their earlier work, not more, I haven't really followed their more recent work. So Stupid White Men in 2001. <laughs> so that definitely kicked in a bit of an anti-brand, anti-marketing sentiment for me for many years. 
Mm. And then the McDonald's. So I know I'm not answering your question directly, but I think this context is important. So the McLibel case around McDonald's. And so I gravitate to brands who are making the world a better place. Yeah. So who gives a crap just wholeheartedly stands out to me as a fabulous brand. It's got a great sense of humour, mm-hmm. making a difference in the world. Mm-hmm. Also the story of Patagonia. So, yes, I have had a beautiful retail experience in Patagonia, in a Patagonia store in Torquay. Uh, the, the recent, well, not so recent now, announcement by uh, Yvonne, how do I say his name? Shina. Sh- Mm-hmm. I even looked it up on Google how to say it. The pronoun- <laughs> I found a beautiful guide that shows you how to pronounce and I still stumbled over it. So I think it, it's become not a social enterprise, but he's putting their profits back into mm. saving the planet because we are in an environmental crisis. So I struggle with having favourite brands mm. because I do have an anti-consumerism sentiment and it doesn't yep. mean I don't purchase things as a consumer. I'm not. I'm not going to get any win any environmental awards but I, I really struggle with having telling you a consumer brand that I love because I think we, we need to have a real reset as consumers around mm. what we purchase yes. and go into your local savers and find some treasures there op shops are fabulous just say when people say that is an amazing top say thank you I bought it at my local vintage store yes no there is so much if you can spend the time going through op shops there's so much you can get and I, I totally understand with overconsumption especially with fashion um I think it's a really tricky one um but you're right buying from brands that are doing a good thing and trying to save the planet have an impact I love who gives a crap that comes up a lot when I ask Mm. this question um Mm. to guests and you know what a lot of Cherie actually comes up a lot in my conversations around personal branding on LinkedIn as well so I think she is killing it on LinkedIn as a personal brand not so much uh you know, consumer brand, but as a personal brand, I think she's a good one that people can can look at as well. Oh, she's an absolute inspiration. And I think that celebration of self and taking people on the journey and advocating for things that she really cares about is benchmark. Yeah, totally. And I think it comes back to, you know, with all of those examples that you said and that we've talked about today, comes back to knowing your values and what you care about and being able to invite your audience to be a part of that story as well as what she does as a leader who um, has autism and, you know, leading her team, caring about certain causes as well. And that's what Who Gives a Crap does. I think it's these impact-driven brands that are really standing out these days because there's a lot going on in the world and a lot of things that we need to care about. So people who are driving that change are really standing out at the moment. And I think that's scary the small business owners that are like, hang on, I, I've ne- I haven't, I'm just one or two years in. I yep. thought about this dumb. I just left a big corporate job and decided to be an executive coach. What do you mean I'm going <laughs> to cultivate a personal brand and think about my values? I mean, I when I left my corporate job, there was this season of, of grieving my corporate identity because you have mm. so much status associated with the senior role. Yeah, And so I think it's a really tricky, I want anyone listening to this who's in the early stages of their business, don't feel like you have to do all that. That's why that research step is really important. And it's, I love the idea of LinkedIn being a way to find your voice and tell mm-hmm. your story. But the thing is, it's not a race and yeah. you just need to take the time that is right for you and not feel pressure to do something just because, I don't know someone told you it was a good idea do what feels right for you 
Yeah. And it takes, it takes time to figure out a lot of things and what, what's important to you and how you want to run a business. So I think, you know, theme of the day, but you just can't rush these things. It just takes time to learn about yourself and, and what you want to do and how you want to, what you want to be known for as well. So theme of the day, I think. <laughs> I love that theme of the day. I love the way you use words. <laughs> so Karen, tell me what's coming up for you in your business. Well, to celebrate this idea that you might have a really good email marketing campaign over there, Mm -hmm. but you're not sure how to navigate it on LinkedIn, we're helping more and more clients. So I run an educational consultancy called Think Bespoke. We, being the royal we, Debbie Hatswell and I, help clients navigate their LinkedIn newsletter strategy. So if you're thinking Mm -hmm. about what it looks like to show up on LinkedIn regularly, we're helping people develop their LinkedIn newsletter strategy. So we do do broader LinkedIn profile strategies as part of my LinkedIn marketing mentoring. And that run is a public program that runs twice a year. I'm really interested in helping people with this LinkedIn newsletter because I think there's some bravery for people if they, I hear many people say, oh, I've got real, a whole lot of draft blogs saved. Mm. And because sort of Instagram and these more visual social media platforms have come in I think people some people are feeling like oh is there a place for blogs and writing anymore yes there is on Mm. LinkedIn with newsletters and a LinkedIn article so you this is a free feature available from people's LinkedIn profiles Uh, you do need to activate creator mode it allows you to build subscribers and a following which can also be a lead generation tool Mm -hmm. and it allows you to show up I recommend monthly in yep. the same way you might in an email newsletter. So we're guiding clients through that at the moment. So if any of your listeners, that piques their interest, yeah, jump over to the website and have a look through our knowledge base and that's where you can find out more about the LinkedIn newsletter feature and if it's something mm. that's right for you and creator mode. There's some information there about creator mode too that I've mentioned a couple of times. Awesome. Yeah, I think a lot of people wouldn't even know these things exist. So tapping into something that not a lot of people are, are utilizing that sounds awesome so do you want to tell us where everyone can find you and I'll pop all your links in the show notes as well yeah so visit the website so think bespoke and I mentioned that knowledge base so there's lots of articles and also some podcast episodes the five minute LinkedIn marketer where I talk about different features and your Mm -hmm. LinkedIn profile versus your LinkedIn company page strategy Uh, you can also come and say hello on LinkedIn yeah that's (laughs) where I spend most of my time and I've recently created a writing project over Mm -hmm. on Substack. So it is really unlike me to open a new channel. Mm -hmm. I tend to be culling them these days. I'm off WhatsApp, I'm off Facebook. Yeah. So if you uh, like to read my writing, that's not necessarily LinkedIn related, but very related to research I'm doing around ambiverts, highly sensitive people and introverts for Mm -hmm. a book I'm writing, come and say hello over on Substack. Mm, That sounds like a lot of fun. Beautiful. Well, thank you so much for coming on to chat with me today, Karen. I love talking about all things LinkedIn. I mean, I'm definitely more inspired to jump on now and give it a crack. (laughs) And I'm sure it made a lot of people feel a lot more comfortable about LinkedIn artists and even just doing a few little things that could, um, you know, in the long run, make a big impact. So thank you so much for sharing your insights and I look forward to chatting with you soon. Thank you for having me. 
Thank you for joining me today for this episode of Brand Chats. I'd love you to come over and say hey on Instagram at Darby Linden and leave a review on iTunes if you enjoyed the chat today. If you're interested in working with me in 2023, please jump onto my website and get in touch there. At the moment, there are three key ways to work with me. My signature one-on-one brand strategy projects for those of you who are ready to make big changes to your brand to see even bigger results this year. My brand therapy sessions for those of you who want to tackle a certain problem within your branding and marketing. Or you can work with me ongoing as your brand manager if you're ready to outsource completely. Thanks again, and I will chat to you in the next episode.